You're listening to the Lead to Think podcast, a podcast that brings together and inspires small business owners in the salon, spa, and fitness space to be empowered in their everyday decision-making. My name is Lauren Gish. I'm best known for being a coach and strategist in small business. I'm also a salon owner in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be talking about key strategies to keep you from being overworked, overwhelmed, and drowning in debt to being rested in control of your business and more than profitable. I'll be sitting down with industry experts and business owners that are just like you to discuss the lessons they've learned and the strategy that's helped them build and survive the roller coaster that is small business. So I'm super excited to have uh, Megan on as a guest today. She's someone that I know from Nashville. And when I put out the question about pricing, she slid right into my DMs. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Totally did. And it was so good that um, the conversation that we had and the passion that she has about like the way she does her business and the way that she talks about pricing and what she truly believes that I just thought she'd be a really great guest. So Megan, would you go ahead and introduce yourself to us and just kind of say like where you are and how your business is structured? Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited to chat with you about all this. Um, I am the co-owner of a salon in Nashville called Salon Shade. We are a small studio boutique. If you can see the background, we have just three chairs right now. We opened two and a half weeks before COVID hit. So fun times had by all. (laughs) And we specialize in hand tight extensions and lived in color. So we definitely have a niche and a specialty inside of our space. And right now it's just structured with myself and my co-owner. So we are in the building blocks of our business and kind of expanding and growing that way. So that's kind of how our structure is set up right now. Um, right now, it's just our revenue goes back into our business. Okay, awesome. So because it's just the two of you right now, you have the opportunity to really like build groundwork framework for moving forward. Is it something where in the future, are you wanting to continue to grow your staff? Or are you wanting to keep it with just you two? Yeah, absolutely. We definitely want to grow our staff. I think one thing that we have found inside of our niche is we want to keep it small and boutique. Um, that's just what we love. That's an environment that we thrive off of. So we've never been the stylist that want 20 chairs. We want, you know, just a small intimate environment. So mm-hmm. we kind of want to keep that going throughout our career. Okay, awesome. And then with what you do, so we can kind of get a scope around like how you price and the way you operate once we dig in there. What are your offerings? Because I think that you have kind of a unique model. You left a more traditional model and moved into this. So can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So our offerings are hand-tied extensions. Those are the only clients that we see. We offer color and cut services on top of that. But baseline, everybody is an extension client, which some people have different thoughts and opinions on that, but it really works for us right now. Who knows where the industry goes, but extensions are you know, becoming a much more popular accessory for people to wear. People are much more comfortable talking about it and wearing them. And so we're super happy to specialize in that. And that is our, our service offering right now. Okay, awesome. So what I wanted to talk with you about today, and we got a little bit into 
in my <laughs> inbox is pricing. So I, in the last episode, really talked through like some experiences I had and moments of clarity around pricing and really made me dig into what I believe. And so tell me a little bit about kind of where you started in the industry and how you were raised to think about pricing. Yeah, absolutely. How I started out in the industry was, well, I would say in the very beginning, I started booth rent, which was a bad choice. (laughs) When I very, very first started, I lost two grand, two years back to back. So I made zero money. And then when I moved to Nashville, I began in a commission salon and my pricing started out at, you know, $25 for women's haircut $19 for a men's haircut and you know everything in between there was just it was tiny price margins and everything like that but I did start out commission I was at a commission salon for four and a half years and then I went and started booth running and then I became in charge of my pricing and so then I was just asking around what do you charge well what do you charge and So then it just became, oh, well, I'll just charge what other people charge. And so my model has kind of been all over the place as far as my career goes from $19 to $100 to now $1,800. So it just, it's been all over the place. I've had experience with a lot of different price points, but designing your own is hard. Yeah. So I loved asking this question to people because I feel like there's moments that we have of clarity in our career around pricing Mm -hmm. and our worth and our value that has nothing to do with our outward facing pricing. Right. And it's also to me, I also don't love the mindset of like, well, like I can charge whatever I want. And there's this like cocky, like fake Absolutely. Whether you're in skin or hair, fitness, like whatever genre of care that we're giving, like neither side is good. They both feel bad. And Mm -hmm. so for you, is there a specific moment you remember like clicking and being like, oh, I have to make like sustainable long-term decisions when it comes to pricing and kind of knowing where you find your worth? I guess that's a twofold question. Yeah, absolutely. I'll address the first part first. So I had this huge moment of clarity and actually it wasn't that long ago. It was, so I brought on a CFO when I was working just on my own. And then now that my co-owner and I have started this business, he's still our same, he like runs all of our finances. So when we did our onboarding process, he asked me, he was like, well, how much are you making an hour? And I was like, Oh, I'm making hundred dollars an hour, like easy. And he was like, okay. So we broke down exactly (laughs) how much it costs me to do everything. And he was like, "Mm." (laughs) he's like, I don't know if you're making a hundred dollars an hour. And I was just like, well, that's what every other hairstylist told me that I should be charging. And like, that's what they're making. And it was just so funny to see, oh, I actually need to do a cost analysis of what this is costing me time-wise, material-wise, education-wise, I mean, overhead-wise of 
lights and of drinks and of chips and all the stuff that you don't think of that you want to tack on top of it. I've heard so many stylists say, oh, I make X amount or I want this to be my profit margin. It's like when you really break it down, it's so small. And so I had that moment of clarity of like, oh my gosh, I had no idea what I was charging, why I was charging it. And it was kind of like all over the place of just what I felt like it should be. It was based on all feeling and zero fact. And so I think when I kind of realized my worth as an artist and as a stylist was, and I, this is what I slid into your DM with, but when I was training for extensions, I trained for nine months and it was the best experience that I've had in my career so far. And one thing that they taught us was you're a leader. You are not a savior. And that was huge because how many times do we go after saving our clients a dollar or giving them a discount or, you know, we attach so much feeling to it because we're feeling base. We love our career. We love to serve. That's just what we do. But when there's a certain amount of like boundary that you have to have as a business owner and just as a stylist who respects what you do, the time that you've invested in it. I mean, you don't go into any other place of business asking for a discount based upon somebody else's expertise. And so for us to be the ones that shortchange ourselves, clients hardly even do that. They don't ask us that. We do it. We're just like, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, that feels like too much money. Like, And you attach a story to it based off of your own personal beliefs. So when you kind of detach that and base it more off of fact and not saving people from a financial situation. It's so helpful. So when you notice that about yourself, can you pinpoint like in your life where that's from? Like, were you able to be like, oh, this is where this belief comes from about how I need to charge people. And this is why I have to change it. Oh, absolutely. I, I love my parents dearly, but scarcity mindset to a T. It's just like everything is, you have to penny pinch here, you have to penny pinch here. And so if that's my mentality and how I grew up and how I spent my money, then all of a sudden I start projecting that belief on clients and being like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I don't know if you have this much money. And And instead of basing it off of, hey, they're inquiring about my skills, my service, my time, and this just, it is what it is. That's kind of like, I can totally pinpoint it back to just a scarcity mindset and being broke. I mean, as a stylist for years, that's, that's hard too. When you know how much money is in your bank account and you're busting your butt when you're younger, it takes a long time to generate a good amount of income as a stylist. It just does. It takes time. So yeah, I definitely projected that onto clients for a while. Oh, for sure. And I'm wondering for you too, is, was there a moment where you knew you had to change? Like you had to go ahead and like raise your prices and dig in. Like, did that feel good? Or did you feel like, I mean, were you sweating your way through it when you decided to change the way you looked at money? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I decided to change the way I looked at money, I kicked the clientele that I had to the curb and picked up a whole new set of clients because all of a sudden I had to gain the confidence in myself to say, Hey, now my hourly rate is this. So I can't afford hourly to do these services down here. I'm sorry. I can't afford to cut your husband's hair anymore. I can't afford to cut your kid's hair. I can't even afford to cut your hair anymore because now I was generating a higher paying clientele and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a threshold for everybody in the industry, which is amazing. But it was so hard. I cried in my kitchen for hours because I was just like, 
what am I doing? Um, it was Were you such a, afraid? Were you just oh, like, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my people? Like, Absolutely. I knew I was losing all my people. I was telling them I could not service them anymore. That was the hardest thing I think I've done in my career because I love these people. But at the same time, it was just like, this is my business. This is for me personally, how I want to structure my work balance. And just for me, it's a structure that I really believed in for myself. And so it was, it was really hard. How did you communicate that with your current people? Cause I'm sure you had people that I mean, and this is our like service provider side where we're like, we feel so loyal to them and like they've supported us for this long. And like, how did you communicate with those people what you needed to do? Yeah, I sent a heartfelt email, text, Mm -hmm. told them in the chair, you know, and I made sure that's just my thing is I just love to take care of my people. So as I was telling them, hey, I am going to be specializing in extensions and color. You know, I set them up with amazing stylists, sent them referrals, and I still keep up with them on social media. And some of them actually turned into extension clients. So Mm -hmm. that was also really cool too. But some of them have sent me extension clients. I don't service their hair anymore, but they send me clients. So I, I definitely wanted them to feel taken care of, but everybody was happy for me for the most part. I think I maybe had like one person that was just like, you know, kind of giving me a little backlash. (laughs) You know, when you open that door, people are going to come back with, who do you think you are? Like specializing in extensions. Okay, cool. And you know what? It might flop. It might flop in five years. I don't know, but right now it works for me. And so I'm trying it out. And so far I've loved it. Yeah. So is there anything about that process, the transition process that you would do differently looking at it now? Or would you do it the same? I would have raised my prices sooner. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, when I work with my clients, there's this moment and it happens soon for some people and later for other people where we start digging through their finances like you did with your CFO. And I'm just like, yeah, you think you're making a hundred dollars an hour? Like, let's break it down for a minute. Let's talk about all of your costs. Let's talk about how much it costs for you to even like have your space to work Mm -hmm. in per hour. And you see it that way. It's different. But I think there's this piece too, and you can speak to this a little bit where you have to see yourself so differently, because I think there's a lot of times where we in our industry where people enter it and they're like, I'm an artist, I'm a creative. Like I did, I did this so I don't have to do business. Yeah. (laughs) And then you really shortchange yourself because you still are a business owner, whether you like it or not. Absolutely. Do you feel like you had to think about business differently? I mean, finances, but there's also like, you can look at money, but there's also like so many other overarching principles there. Absolutely. I think that there's a couple things that we choose to focus on and that is just our goals and our goals are tangible. They're not, oh, well, I hope to be behind the chair only two days a week. It's like, no, we want X, Y, and Z. And so we are focused on that. So every time we do anything, it's based off of our brand. It's based off of our three to five year goal. It's based off of our 10 year goal. And so nothing feels pointless anymore, which is really hard to do when you're an artist, because it's almost like shiny object syndrome of you just keep going to like the next thing. Cause it's the cool thing to do. And you're hopping on this education and you're doing this. And, and all of a sudden you lose sight of 
why you started in the first place. And I think that's where there is a really fine balance of being an artist and being creative, but also taking the proper ownership and being a business owner. That's one thing that I've definitely had to shift my mindset of is I'm a business owner. I'm, I don't even want to call myself a salon owner first. Like Mm -hmm. I just want to say I own a business because that's the mindset that I have to jump into because even when I go into, I'm a salon owner, it almost makes me feel like more creative and like, Ooh, you know, (laughs) it's like, yeah it's hard to focus on the structure that's required. There is a certain part of that that is, it's so required and it's so necessary to operate successfully. I mean, hearing you talk about that, like for me personally, when I started having to think about myself as a business owner, I was afraid because there was so much that I didn't know that it was easier to like be creative Mm -hmm. and just kind of ignore it and like hope I was making good money. (laughs) Be like, my goals like that I set that I have no idea why I set them or this is what the industry norm should be. And I'm exceeding that. So I'm doing great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing great. But there is this sense of like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look because I was too afraid because I, it made me feel really stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, it's I already had a, my own complex of like what people thought about what I did, you know? Oh. So tell me a little bit about your journey of going out on your own. Did that poke at you at a new level of like, okay, now you really need to know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Would you reference going out on my own as opening a business or going out on my own as going a booth rental stylist? So I would say for you, you're not under the umbrella of anyone anymore. You are out on no. your own. So what was that like? That was hard. I definitely had a little bit more clarity on my self-confidence. At that point, I had already made the switch over to being just an extension stylist. But now it was, okay, I'm going to open a salon that focuses only on extensions. And when we invite another person in the space, I want them to focus on lived-in color and extensions. And that's saying no to some types of revenue. That's saying no to certain types of haircuts and certain types of colors and, and all of that, because it's just not our specialty. And I'm also okay to say that. I think that, yeah, that I could go on a tangent about that all day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I definitely think that there was a time where once we open the door, pandemic aside, so much goes into the thought process of opening a salon and there's just so much to juggle, but really then thinking, okay, now what's our longevity plan here? Like, what is our, what's the point in all of this? Um, yeah. Why are we doing this? How long do we want to be doing this for? And what's our, what's our goal? And so really just sitting down and thinking through all of those things, um, that was vital for us too. And, and that's really when I had to focus on, okay, why are, why are we here? And what does that require of me? as a human being, as an owner, as a woman, as a stylist, Mm -hmm. what is that going to require? And it's a lot more than what I thought it was going to require of me. But again, back to your point of feeling stupid and not knowing things, it's, you know, I definitely have had to have my ego checked a couple of times to be like, it's okay that you don't know that. Mm -hmm. And finding a community of people that just help their sources of wisdom. And I think that that's also so amazing too, but it does require a lot and opening my own business. I definitely had to look at, okay, I just invested all this time and this money. What's the plan? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so good. Just like if you can find people to work with and to be around where you're willing to be vulnerable and be like, I don't know this, I'm going to journey through to figure it out rather than ignoring it just so you don't look stupid. Yes. <laughs> like there's definitely like one's better than the other um, in that scenario. So before we sign off, what I wanted to know from you, Megan, is, is there a like personal practice for you when it comes to pricing? Is there something that you're checking in with yourself on? Are there ways that you choose to grow in your process? For me, I'm a very practical person. Um, I tend to base a lot off of fact more than feeling now that I've matured. And so for me, I I look at my numbers every week. And so the more I look at the numbers, the more that logical side of my brain takes over versus the creative side and the Mm -hmm. emotional side. And so I would just encourage um, anybody that's listening to analyze and to look, actually look in the mirror and you might not know all of your numbers and that's okay, but figuring them out and not being afraid to, to, it might be shocking what you realize. It might be great, whichever way it goes, but I would just encourage people to really start looking at the facts in their business versus the feeling. Because I think when you are confident in the facts about your business, say we are really confident in what a new extension install costs us. And we're really confident in what we charge for it. We're confident in our skill. It allows us to now play into the emotion of excitement, of the emotion of taking the client through the journey. And now I have the freedom to invest in like the emotional side of things because I'm so confident in the facts behind what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely have to personally look at my numbers and be just remind myself that the scarcity mindset is something of the past. I'm moving forward um, in a different direction with my thinking. And that's what I try and do. That's awesome. Would you say that working with someone too, like you're the person that you've hired for your financials, mm-hmm. was that a game changer for you? Oh, the best money I've spent in my business by far ever. Mm-hmm. I would spend, I would, pay him four times what he's worth. Like just to have, I mean, all the way. Let's hope he doesn't listen to this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He won't, but you know, (laughs) um, I just think that having the, um, education behind all of that is so important now that I'm educated in it. It's just like, Oh my gosh, this is a game changer all the way from knowing why we charge what we charge from having a monthly budget to having projections for the future. That's also important. Just really, really clean financials is such a power tool in your business. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, to me, it's like the biggest key to unlock all of these other opportunities because everything, unfortunately, like ebbs and flows with money and your finances and your business. So if you want to have shiny object syndrome, well, you have to have the money to do it or you're going to be broke. And so if you know that about yourself, you're like, Oh, I want to move to this location. I want to buy this new product line. I want to try this education. Great. If you know your finances, you have the answer yes or no, if you can do it. So again, I think it's just a huge tool for everything. So yeah huge investment and the best investment as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today. And would you let people know where to find you? Like, where are you on Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can check out my salon. It's salonshade.nashville. And then we also have my own personal Instagram is megan.salonshade. And our website is (laughs) salonshade.com. Awesome. I love your Instagram. 
Um, I think it's super inspiring for like styling and shots and all that. So if anyone is just up in the air about like, I don't know how to lay out my Instagram. Like, I mean, copy and paste Megan kind of like, it looks really good. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome. It's so good. And it brings so much value to what you do. So, all right. Thanks so much, Megan. Yeah, absolutely. What a great source of information. I love talking with Megan because she's so honest about where she's been and where she's trying to go. And there's just so much power in the vulnerability that she has around what she's had to learn. And so I have a feeling that we'll definitely be talking to Megan again about her journey especially because she has such a unique business model. I think that there's a lot to learn from someone who's decided to pick something that's a little more obscure and make it work. I think there's a sense of resilience and entrepreneurship that you have to have to take those steps. I also would love for you to meet her business partner, Carrie Ann. She's hilarious. And for any of you with business partners, you know that the way you run your business is like a marriage. It's like working in a marriage with a family and it's just a different way to go. So if any of you would be interested in hearing a few partners talk about working together, let me know because I would love to host a series on partnership. I have a few clients that um, currently they are partners and then I have a few other clients that are solo and it's just a different conversation because They have to talk through some things, but they're also able to accomplish more because there's two of them. Well, I hope you got what you needed. And if you saw yourself in anything Megan was saying, if you feel like you don't want to look at your numbers, if you feel afraid that you're going to look stupid, that's the perfect place to start. I want you to head to leadtothink.com and grab a spot in my calendar and we can talk about what's working and what's not working for you and see if we can find a solution. One of my absolute favorite things to do when I'm working with a client is to help them find money that's right in front of them, to help them find solutions in areas where they might feel like less than or that they don't measure up. And I love to be like, hey, listen, you own this business, so you belong in the room. So let's deal with those beliefs and let's find you exactly what you need. I look forward to speaking with you and seeing you on the next episode.